the Sexual Quantum Leap Podcast, Episode 9. Today we're talking about how to reignite the passion in the bedroom. My name is Pierre de Sosa and I am here with Andrew Mio. Oh, today we're going to show you how to make love and keep it flowing and going. <laughs> exactly. So, today's episode actually came about from a couple of calls we had yesterday. Um... So we, we do about four to six or seven calls every single day with people who are going through the application processes. And what's really interesting when we're going through these calls is we're, we're just always learning more and more about you guys, what you guys need, what your frustrations are and your struggles. And um, yeah, then we can basically use that to uh, for actually the free content as well and not just for the stuff that we teach on the retreats. So that's really, really cool. And one thing that's been coming up a lot lately is guys, especially the business guys, because we have a lot of business people coming to these programs. And what, what, what they say is that they're the achiever types, right? So out of the achiever types, it's super quick. We basically have two, two subcategories within the achiever types of, of people who come here. So we have one that's a little bit more of, of a, they're, 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 sort of like they're, they're really bossing up pretty hard in business and in life right and usually pretty good fitness great social skills super confident from all the success they're having and they're actually pretty quote unquote good with women right and i'm using that in plural as women and they're not very good with women but they're good with women what i mean with this is a lot of them um so for, for the ladies out there what you don't realize is that <laughs> men want the connection, maybe even more than you women do, right? So what's interesting, all these guys, they come up, they're building a business, and they fall in love with a beautiful woman, having a deep, deep, beautiful connection. And what ends up happening often is they don't actually understand how, how to keep their balls, quote-unquote, in a long-term relationship. And they, so they're not dominant inside or outside the bedroom. Um, they're not being a leader, they don't know how to satisfy her, and things sort of go in a downward spiral, and on top of this, they're very, very busy in their business life as well, right? So they don't have that much time. So like we spoke about in an earlier podcast, you got to stimulate her emotionally, mentally, and physically, right? And they're sort of emotionally constipated from all the work, right? And they don't know how to satisfy her in the bedroom, and they don't really have time to stimulate her mentally, and the, you know, all these kind of things. So eventually, this woman ends up hurting them. Either they get cheated on. Some some, some people, we, we know this one guy who recently got cheated on and divorced and <laughs> taken for half his money at the same time. And then he's stuck there with a broken heart and a broken bank account and a big-ass mortgage and probably some alimony as well. And then we have other guys. They, they simply just get left by a woman, which is still super painful. If it's someone that you really love, someone you see potentially having your children one day, um, or maybe she even did have your children. Um, and it fucking sucks. And those guys, what oftentimes happens is they grow pretty resentful towards women. Like, you can't trust women. Uh, women are lying. Women are not to be trusted. They're, they're not loyal. They're not uh, trustworthy. Um, and all these other things. And what often happens with these guys is they go, women only like assholes. So now I'm going to be a bad boy. Right? So now they have the money, um, a lot of them also have their fitness and just general social circle and networks and all the stuff down pat. So they're a pretty attractive man, whether or not they have the looks or not, they, they're a very good package. And some of them do have looks as well on top of this, right? And now they're putting on an act, right? Because now in order to attract a woman, they decided that they need to be an asshole. So they start putting on this show and dance that I've spoken about many times. They start pretending they're someone that they're not. Uh, cocky, aloof, arrogant, uh, kind of cold, and, and just constantly, quote-unquote, spiking the woman's emotions, you know, just being hot and cold towards her on purpose, not because it's who they actually are, but just in order to make the girl's head just spin, right? And um, to her credit, it does, quote-unquote, work in terms of getting women into bed. However, you don't actually connect this way. So what happens with these guys is the more success they have with putting on this fake show, the more afraid they end up getting from being actually their the real self because their real self got hurt, 
Whereas it's this fake self has all the control, has all the women and all these things. But slowly but surely, it starts becoming a pretty lonely existence. And as you can tell, I know this. <laughs> I don't really have to think about how the process works. I went through the process myself, right? So I, I speak from firsthand experience and Andrew as well. We've both been down that road. So that, that's one type of, of these achievers. And they end up feeling this lack of connection and they get absolutely terrified of actually emoting and connecting with a woman. It's like, don't say I love you first kind of thing. Fuck you, Corwin. Anyway, and then we have the other type of the achiever who usually hasn't been hurt that much, but just hasn't learned how to deal with women. These are the guys who are usually the high achievers, good fitness, money, all this kind of stuff. And they're in a relationship, but they're a little bit too soft. They don't have the dominance. They don't have the masculinity in their relationship and especially not in the bedroom. And what happens is that they just don't know how to really unleash that inner beast in the bedroom and show the woman that they really deeply desire her because that's what women want. They want to be really fucking desired. And in the bedroom, and I'm sorry, feminists, but this is the truth. Women love to be objectified. They absolutely love it. You can objectify a woman and show that raw primal desire like a fucking caveman, just pin her up against the wall and just have your way with her. There is nothing more arousing to a woman than that if you do it right. But this is love, remember. And afterwards, you're back to your normal self and you love her and you care for her and you're sweet and all this kind of shit, right? Yeah, so do you have anything to add to that, Andrew? I do, actually. On that note, it is so true what Pierre said about the objectification and then also pinning women down and really making them feel wanted. It's like the more that I ravish you, the more that I push you against the wall, the more that I just like grab you and hold you, it's the more that I want you. And she feels that. And sometimes we look at women like delicate little flowers and she, <laughs> she could never ever hurt a fly. And with that being said, it's like, oh, oh, I don't want to do this because if I hurt her and stuff like that, come on. If she was a woman growing up with brothers, she might have been growing up with brothers and being pushed around and, and roughed around by her brothers. But remember, everything on this podcast that Pierre and I do talk about is 100% consensual and it's between two adults who want to engage in a certain activity. So with that being said, also, I used to do this because I know I had a lot of clients who were saying, man, I want to be rough in the bedroom. I thought, okay, it's just a guy saying they want to be rough. And then I get some more meek and mild guys going, dude, I have this chick at the moment and she wants me to be rough with her and throw her down and do some crazy shit. And he's like, I feel intimidated. I don't know what to do. And the thing is, I know this is going to satisfy her and like really ignite the passion back into the bedroom because what I can do, I, I just don't know how to do this thing. And let's be, let's get real for a second. Let's get really deep before I go into a funny story. The thing is, I remember on one of the SQL retreats, on one of the exercises we do a dominance, we do some dominance exercises. And what that means is we bring in a female model and what we do, we, we actually practice what it feels like to be, um, to get rough and really like be assertive in the bedroom and how to pin her down and all these things. And what happened was, I remember every SQL that um, Pierre and I run, it's I cry and he cries and everyone breaks down because it is such an emotional experience for everyone and seeing the transformation is absolutely like mind-blowing like right in front of your eyes so what happens is that this guy we we're doing all these exercises it was like rough and tumble and stuff like that because we really want to get into the motions and it won't it won't give you context because you're not there but the best context i can give you it's you these guys get to let go and they get to express this part of themselves because everyone has that animal in them. And then when you can do that, that's when you can really let that out and play. So what happened? I remember he was doing one of these exercises and he ended up absolutely breaking down, breaking down in tears. And this is a, this is like, I'm like, what happened, man? He goes, nothing. The exercise was amazing. I loved it so much. It just brought up a lot of stuff for me. And I go, what did it bring up? And he goes, man, when I was younger, my dad used to beat up my mum, and I had to witness that. And I saw how tough this was for him to see. And I've heard this before from other guys. It's like, I can't be rough in the, bed, in the bedroom 
because I've had some violence or stuff like that in the past and I, I can't do this. And what he goes, thank you so much for showing me how to be rough in the bedroom and seeing it not as violence and not doing it something to hurt or something that's sinister and understand and you articulated in a way, Andrew, that made me feel and I now know that women enjoy this. When I say women, not all women, but a massive majority of women do enjoy this aspect of being pinned down and really having that rough aspect. Of course, it's like that ebbs and flows. Some days she might really like that really gentle, nourishing, like really t um, um, just grazing and like really slow, sensuous. But then the next day, pin her against the fucking wall and pin her face down and fuck her like it's no nobody's business. And then like really like spank her hard, like pin her and really hold her and do some rough sex. That's the ebbs and flows of life. And this guy's like, I get it now and thank you. I really feel like I pushed through some really epic things from when I was younger, some traumatic events. And now you can, I can actually feel like I can connect with women from this aspect, my primal animalistic self, and I'm not hurting her. Or then like the guys might've had a really domineering dad and basically overpowering them. And then they basically beaten them into submission and they put all their attention on being masculine in business and like really dominant in their workforce. But when it comes to the bedroom, they go, I don't know how to step up. I don't know what to do. And that's why we step in and go, this is how you can be dominant in the bedroom. And there's like the physical dominance and the psychological dominance. And this is how you can reignite the passion and really satisfy her in the bedroom. Now, yeah, just have something to add to that real quick. So I, <clears throat> we, we have a lot of guys who are, who get uncomfortable when 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 thinking about being dominant, right? So we we actually have guys that, that tell us literally like my girlfriend has asked me to be more dominant and be more assertive and take more charge in the bedroom, but when I try to do this, I get stuck in my head. I don't know what to do, and I start focusing so much on what I'm doing that I'm so much in my head that I actually go soft in the middle of the sex, and then we just left there, both of us being disappointed. And so, so they're wondering what to do. And then they're like, and I don't want, like Andrew said, I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to make something very, very clear. Being dominant and even quote unquote aggressive in the bedroom, it's not actually any jerky movements, right? So one of the first things we need to correct with guys who think they're dominant, it's, it's a lot of guys who come to the programs and they think they're dominant. We're like, Show me on me how you, if I was a girl, how would you pin me up against the wall? How would you do this? How would you do that? Right? And um, they do that and it's always in a jerky movement, right? It's, it's a jerky fashion to how they do things. And that's not how dominance is played out, right? So, for example, if I were to pull a woman's hair and, and, and uh, let's say, gra grab her by the throat, right? Again, 100% con uh, consent, it's negotiated beforehand, there are safe words, there are safe signs with, with, with your hands, it, it's heaps of things, right? And I'm not, and anyone who is listening to this, do not do, unless you have played around with this and you know exactly how to do it, do not do this without actually having some professional training. Um, it's what, what I'd say before I tell you what I'm about to say, right? Just a quick caveat. So let's say I was gonna pull her hair and grab her by the throat, right? When I do that, I will walk up to her slowly, very, very slowly. And for those of you who have been on my dating coaching programs, you, you will sort of know what I mean with, with the slowness, right? Anyway, walk up to her very, very slowly and look her deep into her eyes. The way that I look at a woman, what they say is that it feels like I'm staring through their soul, right? I have a very piercing sort of gaze when I look at a woman. I will get up to her and I will stand so close to her that you can't even fit a fist between her faces. Then I will put her hands slowly around, lift, slowly lift them up and put them around my neck. And then I will grab one hand, let's say for instance my, my left hand, I will slowly pull that around her lower back and pull her in very, very tightly, very strongly, a lot of power in the way that I put her in but I will pull her in very slowly, right? And really just squeeze her tightly against me, right? To our bellies and our, and our 
and pelvic bones and everything are basically touching, right? Then I will look her deeply into her eyes. And when this is happening, if you do this the right way slowly, with power, stability, right? She will look at you with submissiveness, pure submissiveness. And if she doesn't, you let go. Here's what I mean well being able to read a woman. We teach you more about this on the actual retreats. But like you will see in her eyes, if she flinches for a second, you just let go, right? And you have safe words and it's pre-negotiated and everything, right? So she's completely safe the whole time. But you do this, she will look at you and you will see in her eyes the second she decides to surrender to you. She's, she's like, wow, this is a man and I want to be taken by him. Then I will take my other hand and I will slowly get, lift my other hand up towards her hair, brush her hair slowly. Then I will slowly run my fingers through her hair a couple of times while looking at her with love. Right, I'm looking at her with love while also picturing myself having my way with her. So it's very sexual and very, very compassionate look at the same time. And then I will slowly make a fist out of her hair with my hand and I start squeezing that fist a little bit, right? So it's, it's a squeeze to it and then I pull it back so that she starts, I pull it sort of downwards and back downwards diagonally behind her neck. So she starts exposing her, her, her throat and her, and her, the front of her neck. But this is all done very, very slowly, but with power at the same time. And this is extremely dominant. And when you do this to a woman, she will just give herself to you, right? And then when you do this, you can make out with her, you can kiss her, or you can pretend to go in for the kiss and then pull away. So she feels that like back, like, oh no, what happened there? And she feels like you're almost like you're toying with her in a great way, of course, but you're toying with her and you understand her. Then And then you can move forward like this. And everything is slow. So she never feels, feels jerked around, but it's with power at the same time. And it's with, you are in control, but you're not controlling. That's just what I wanted to add. So you guys understand that. It's not jerkiness. There is no risk of hurting her. How are you going to hurt her when you're doing it this slowly? If there's at any time a little bit too much pain, she's like, ah, stop that, and you just stop it. Because she has enough time to think about every single step that's happening. That's just what, what I wanted to add as a caveat. Because there are a lot of guys who out there who, who worry about harming her. It's like, no, if you do it the right way, you're not going to. And on that note, to like tie it all back to the passion in the bedroom, this is like spicing it up. You might have been really soft and just gentle a lot of the time, but then I want you to do this. Sit down with your partner. And this is the tough part. This is where it gets, this is where the rubber hits the road. There's no two ways about this. Sitting down with your partner in an open place where you can just like literally go, let's have an open discussion about this and talk about what you want to try and do in the bedroom. And the thing is, being like, the passion might not be in there because you've just been in the routine, you've been in the rut, you've been having a lot of work going on, and you're like, how can I get, keep, how can we spice things up? And it's so important to be having constant, open communication with your partner about what you would like to try, what you would like to do, or what in, in the bedroom might be a little bit freaky that you've always wanted to try. And Pierre looks like he needs to say something. I, I, I just had a stroke of genius, right? Okay, so I'm just gonna tell a little bit about that leg thing that I have. Yeah. Uh, all right, so for, th this is this is something I, I used to teach um, as, a, as a dating instructor, but this is, you do this on your girlfriend as well. Right. So let's say you're speaking to a woman and you're out in a public place, right, where you can't actually finger her. What I would always do is I would pull. It's gonna be a little bit hard to explain, but I just wanted you, you to hear this new idea that I had. Anyway, um, so you pull in really close and you have one of your legs in between her legs. So she's sort of standing up but straddling your thigh at the same time. So you're leaning back against a wall or a pillar and you're pulling her in real close. You're gonna make sure you have one hand with one hand. You're pulling her in by her lower back and the other hand you you know one by your middle back and one by her lower back almost at the top of her of her, of her butt you pull her really really hard and then what you do is you tense up your thigh muscles so go and do a lot of squats by the way 
so and, and and also try and lose weight so you can actually get like your legs get hard when you when you flex them then what you do is you basically uh, ra raise and lower your heel with that foot so that your thigh starts basically massaging her clitoris and you do this and it, it see it it looks so inconspicuous like no one in the environment will notice this but you're standing there you're looking her in her eyes and you can stand there talking about like i like hot chocolate i'm really into hot chocolate honey but you look at her with a sexual sexual gaze while stimulating her clitoris with your thigh but you're speaking about something completely different so you're getting this weird little conspiracy right in the nightclub and this is incredible and if you like you can even start talking dirty to her do all this kind of thing so she, she feels like really like oh my god i'm i'm gonna have an orgasm in the middle of this place with my clothes on and no one knows blah 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 it's, it's kind of cool right but i just had an even better idea right so you know these remote eggs that we sell, right? So we had this thing, we teach guys basically how to put an, an egg inside your woman. It's like a remote vibrator that can have that. You have a remote control, so you can turn it on and turn it off. So she, you can go to a restaurant, turn it off. But I just realized what you can do is you can put it in your own pocket. And then when you pull your woman really close, you can just stand, you don't have to use your leg. You just pull her really close so that this egg it's right where her where her vagina oh, yeah. is, and then you turn it on with the remote control in your hand. So you start stimulating her like that. So every time you hug her, you actually prime her to having orgasms, and you can anchor orgasms to being close to you as well. That's actually an insane technique. You gotta make sure that the height difference is not too much, though, so that your pocket, the lower end of your pocket, will actually be where her her clitoris could be. Um, but yeah, this would actually be a really cool idea. I just, I just thought about it right now and I just had to put it out there before I forgot. Yeah, that's awesome. I, <laughs> I love the one as well, like the leg one when Pierre taught me back in the day, like when I was doing dating coaching, he told me this one, I'm like, holy shit, all right, I want to do this. So I actually took a client out to the club when I used to do the dating coaching and basically I remember doing it like a client was off with a woman and then I was looking after the friend and I did this for the first time and I had this woman like I was leaning back I was leaning back on this on this wall and then all of a sudden because because I was so obsessed with the sexuality I'm like oh let's do this let's see what this is all about leaning back doing this and this chick is losing her fucking mind <laughs> as I'm stimulating her leg with her, her clitoris with my leg and like sometimes with a knee like my kneecap and I'm like looking at this and I'm like holy fuck well I'm literally talking about the weather and the mundane bullshit that's happening in the club and she looks like she's about to um, orgasm I don't think I did get it to the um, orgasm point but fuck it was just such a hilarious experience and with that make bring back the passion for this bring it back to this constantly it is so fun of like if you're Go to the bar and pick your woman up again. That is just really, really fun. And do it in such a sexy way. Like, tell her to dress to the nines because your partner or the woman who you're seeing, I guarantee she has all these fucking heels and all these dresses that she's waiting for this super um perfect, um, perfect time to wear this for a time that you're going to have together. Don't wait for the moment. Create that perfect moment that you guys can share together. And what you can do is go tell her to wait at the bar, have like a really nice cocktail or whatever, and she's dressed up sexy like the first time you meet her. Because we get it. We all get in the rut sometimes, and then you might be just chilling in your trackies, or you might be chilling just um, wearing your same clothes that you wear every day. This is where you can start spicing this up and putting that fire back in the relationship. And when you want to keep that romance and like keep that passion going, you never, ever, ever stop seducing your partner and dropping those little sexual innuendos throughout the whole interaction and the whole time that you're with your partner and that's going to make her feel desired it's going to make her feel wanted and going to make her feel sexy so when she's at the bar do this have that flirty banner she's at the bar waiting for herself and you just walk in and you just stroll up to it and make sure it's always fun that she gives you like a little bit of shit at the start like she's like not interested and pretends that she doesn't want to because it like keeps that fire going and then Basically, like, let that night ensue from there. And, of course, just tell her that you've ha you've already booked a hotel. Like, hey, well, let's get out of here. And you've got a hotel and shit like that. And you really build this up over time. But it's, like, kind of have this, like, fun intention. Like, because you're always used to kissing her and stuff like that so quickly. And just, like, telling your partner, giving her a hug and kissing her. Try and feel that tension when you're in the bar, when you're seducing your partner again. And feel 
that beautiful sexual energy rise between the both of you and you both have like a rule that you can't act on it until you feel like you just have to like 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 literally rip each other apart especially because we teach this in sql about we call it seven nights of sin and we go through seven different ways to spice up and bring the passion back in the relationship and this is pretty much one of them of like what i'm saying like really it's called the um suited suited gentleman get her to fucking dress up in her like as i said her sexiest attire and you're in your sexiest uh sexiest suit and you're going out there and you're walking on the town like taking on the world and when you can do this and you're out together you you watch and as pierre said with the egg this is such a killer idea because it really like spices it up and it's like you've got that controlling aspect and it's that fun and it's like a little thing it's you and her against the world and you're going to give her orgasms and you're going to make her pussy feel so good so if you want to get an egg we actually do have them on andrewmayock.com so you can get them the little purple egg called joanna they are rechargeable so then you can go out there and try this so literally what you do you grab this egg and you put it inside of her pussy it's an egg that's about like maybe five or six centimeters in height and then probably about three centimeters in diameter you put that inside a woman's pussy and what's really fun as well you can do this you can like put it in you can do like this is kind of like a dominance thing a bit of a fun thing to like throw this in you can put it inside her mouth and then put it straight inside her pussy and then you're like going you can just like have a chat with her about like oh all night i can do whatever i want with you and you bring her close as pierre talked about all this shit like tonight you are all mine and the thing is a woman wants to feel desired the thing is the passion might be out of the relationship because or with her because she goes she doesn't feel desired or wanted anymore and maybe it's because you haven't been able to articulate what you've wanted to do in the bedroom or spiced up or know what to actually do but when you're out with her, it's the hottest thing when you see her walking down the street in her sexy high heels when when you like when you first met her and then you've got this egg inside of her and it's like you feel like you're like in that movie i've got the power and like literally do 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 you press this fucking button and then you see her like starting to like she can't walk properly because she has this egg inside of her pussy then when you go out for dinner and there she is she's sitting there she's looking so pretty looking so sexy as you as you just like oh my god this is reigniting that sexual tension that i've always that i really want to bring back you're looking at it deep in her eyes and then you look and she's sitting across from you in the restaurant. You could be having a wine or something like that. And then the waiter comes over like, hello, madame. Hello, sir. What can I get you for dinner? Then as soon as they say this, boom, press it on. And then all of a sudden you watch, you go, um, um, I'll get the salad as her face is like all clenched up as she's like getting so fucking turned on. She's about to come and then you turn it off and she hate you so much. And then I've done this before. I had the remote. I took a girl out to the restaurant and I gave it to the waiter. He's like, oh, what's this? And I go, oh, just press it. And then she, he pressed it. And then she's like, turn it off, turn it off. And then the guy's like looking like, what the fuck? I'm like, oh, it's a new remote to our garage. Don't worry about it, man. But he had no idea what it was. So it's a little bit of fun. You can just spice it up like that. And I yeah, love that just, shit. Just super quick. Another thing you can do is after when when she knows what the egg is, you've been playing around with it, and if if she's really into it, what you can do as well is you go to a restaurant, right, and you can actually put the egg on the table because most people won't know what it is. You can just have it sitting there, and you you can just tell her that once you've been a good little girl, that is gonna let you put this inside of her, right? And and then you then you have things during the actual dinner like little things that that she's gonna do or say. Or like just a little task. We, we, we talk about this. We can talk about this another time. But you can give her a bunch of tasks, right? That she's going to do. And then once she's rewarded, so you have the, the egg sitting right next to your plate. And then once, once she's done what you want her to do, you, you just look at her and you slowly just push the egg over to her side of the table. And then you, you tell her, you've been a good girl. You may insert it now. Right? And then you have her still at the table without leaving the table. Just try to discreetly actually insert it into her vagina. And then you press the remote. We love this shit. This, this stuff is so much fun. And this is just why I want to give you a few little things you can take away and start implementing ASAP. 
Or another one I want to give you guys today is literally, if your woman is at the table, say, just take her out for a dinner, take her out for a lovely dinner, and then all of a sudden, just drop this, just just drop this line. Like, because the thing is, I love these frames because it's like you and her against the world and no one knows about what, what a sexual deviant that she actually is. One more we can give you today is when you're at the when you're at the restaurant, literally sit there having a civilized conversation. Make sure it's a nice restaurant as well. Don't do it at McDonald's because it's not gonna have the same effect. But go to a nice restaurant, sit there, and when you're across from each other, what I want you to say is this. Hey, out of nowhere, just say out of nowhere, like literally she has no idea. What I want you to do, you know, I want you to put your hands up your dress and slowly take off your panties and put them in my hand. And she's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And this is like something you can like start doing and start doing with your partner and see how she responds. And you hold the frame and the thing she'll, I'm not doing that, like, Take off your panties really slowly and put them on in my hands. And when you can do this, you just start seeing how aroused she starts to get. Because the chances are you might have lost a passion in the bedroom where we've been discussing this is because you might be a leader in every other aspect of your life, but she wants you to start taking control in the bedroom and doing these little things because she will operate best when she's not having to think not having to go, what do I have to do next? When a woman is really in her flow, you're not thinking, she's not thinking, oh, what's that next thing I have to do? She wants to like relinquish all control and all power and give herself to you. And then when she can give herself to you and just relax and just go, oh, I don't have to think for tonight. Even when you're taking out your partner, hey, honey, I've got it. Hey, I don't even say honey, man. I just say fucking sweetie or fucking sugar. And now you got me saying, honey, fuck you, Mr. DeSosa, DeSosa. That's the Australian way of saying that. mate. So that's the Australian way of saying that. But I was going to wear the Barbie. Hey, mate, you coming over tonight? We're going to get this shit done. <laughs> but, but, mate, you lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, um, my, my, my point is this. If you're feeling a little bit unsure about what you can do physically, number one, always slow down. You can be super dominant while being super fucking slow, right? And one thing I want to be very, very clear about is that when you're talking dirty, we're going to go really heavy on dirt, in depth on dirty talking another time. But when you're doing dirty talking, like when you're telling a woman little tasks that you want her to do, when you tell her, oh, you've been a good little girl and um, I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do that to you. The best way of telling a woman this is... Just speak softly and slowly, and you're just in control, right? Again, you're in control, you're not controlling. A guy who's trying to be controlling will, be, will like, tell them what to do, and it's, it's a bit of force behind it, right? It's not like that when, if you're actually in control, you don't need to tell someone like that. You just go, hey, sweetheart, or hey, honey, um, what I want you to do is I want you to slowly... Get on your knees, and then when you're, once you're on your knees, next thing I want you to do is this, and then I want you to do that, and this and this. You can just speak to them in a very, very calm, cool, and collected way, where it's just, I have no stress in the world, there's nowhere I need to be. I am just fully enjoying watching you be submissive, and I know that you're going to follow every single instruction, I don't need to use any type of force. I don't need to raise my voice. I don't need to be intimidating. Because I know that I am a real man and you are just dying to follow my lead. That's basically the, the general feel behind it. It came back. It came back. I got it. Basically what Pierre was saying, but it was it's the same thing. It's like tonight, literally, do you have to call anyone? Do you have to text anyone? Do you have to be anywhere? Do you have to do anything? Cool. Leave your phone at home. Stop putting photos of yourself up on Instagram. Who cares what um, Sally's doing on Facebook? Let's just be with me and you. And I've got you tonight. And this is what we're doing. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, I can relax. 
And by doing that, she is going to get so horny because the thing is, what prevents women getting horny is because one, they go, they might have a lot of stresses at work. They might have to think about doing something else. They can't relax because they've got to think about what they're doing for the night. Or they might, there might be something deep down that they have to tell you like, oh shit, I have to, I really want to tell my man this, but I don't know how to bring this up. So when you can clear all these things, maybe you had a part fight about something recently, but when all these things are clear, what you'll do, bring it back to the energy channel, like you'll start feeling an energetic clearance between the two of you and what you'll do, you won't feel like this tension at all. And when that's alleviated, you just, just being around you, she's going to get so fucking horny. And then when you take control of the night, like, hey, honey, you don't have to think, you don't have to think, that was like a shot at Pierre going, the honey thing, but hey, honey, you don't have to think tonight. I've got you. All I want you to do is just be with me and let's just like enjoy the night. Let's enjoy the day. So then she goes, fuck, I literally have no cares in the world. And that's why women are so turned on when they're around myself, Pierre, and the clients who we work with. And I remember a lot of um, mentors I had in the past talking about this because it allows them to build massive trust and connection because they don't have to think and not have to think. They can give that whole trust over because they trust you and they respect you and they um, really they really love your leadership and that's what dominance is. It's like that leadership of you leading, you taking that control and they going, ah, oh, I get to be with someone who I can give that to and that happens by you actually asserting yourself, saying what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it. And the thing is, that's not a dictator. It's coming across because you're going, hey, I care about you, and you are putting her best interests at heart. And that, this might sound counterintuitive, but this is going to be a, bring a lot more passion back in the bedroom because you're telling her what you want and what you need from this um, specific person. And this will give you a lot of, um, this will like turn her on a lot more. And this will give you a lot more authority in the sexual realm with her. And then she can um, relinquish all, all of this like, oh, what do I do in the bedroom? Then she's going to be like, fuck yes. My man is back. Because I know he's a powerhouse in his business, in his work or whatever. But now he's back in the bedroom and he's taking control. And he's taking that leadership. Absolutely. I th a lot of women that we talk about, I, I we, we try to do surveys with women all the time. So we have quite a few female listeners and we've got women following us on Facebook and all, and women in the in our Facebook group and everything else. And whenever we can, we try to conduct little surveys with them, little interviews, just to find out a little bit more. And what's very, very common is that women say, I miss the old him, mm. right? It's like in the beginning of the relationship, he was doing this and he couldn't keep his hands off me. And it was like he did it like there was nothing he wanted more than was just to take me. And he, I just felt so desired and all those kind of things. Um, but but nowadays, it, it's just it feels like he just rather either work or watch Netflix. And this is the case. This is what Ben say as well. They're like, in the beginning, I couldn't keep my hands off of her. But after a while, it's just like, I don't know how to be creative anymore. So the sex just becomes a bit repetitive and boring and stale. And it's like a chore. And I just feel like it's something I should do to show her that I still love her. But really, I just wanted to get over it done with. So a lot of guys, they even prefer to masturbate over actually having sex with a woman because they feel that little bit of sexual frustration or sexual tension. And they rather just go and sort themselves out and actually have sex. Because the sex is looking the same way every single time and it's boring and they're sort of just like rather just have it over and done with in a minute and just be able to get back to work or keep watching Netflix or whatever it is that they're fucking do doing or, or watch the footy, mate. Shut it, Aussies. Um, and, and, and that's so common when women have this problem. So what you need to do is you need to learn how to be creative. And the way that you're creative, the way I like to look at things is, imagine you're a filmmaker, imagine you're a director of a movie, right? And this is a movie set, and you're just directing her in how to create the most arousing, exciting scene that you can possibly do, right? Just create an experience for you and her to be part of. And this this is not real life, it's just, it's a role play, it's, it's an act, and not an act in pretending to be someone you're not, not in that way, but it's just fun and play between two adults 
And then you have safe words if she feels like something's getting out of hand, if it's too much. She just tells you the safe word or flashes her hand or whatever kind of safe triggers you have. And then it's over and done with, right? So you're always safe and everything is, is under consent and everything. But then you can create these things that don't feel like it's real life. It's like a dream, right? It's not real. And you can be so creative and have so much fun. And honestly, for myself, and I know Andrew is like this as well. You can actually make things that are like outside of the actual sex, like without actually touching each other, like where you can play with eggs and give her little things to do, like all these kind of things. You can be so creative that that stuff is actually more sexually arousing and sexually satisfying than the actual sex, right? So just just be creative and, and come up with cool ideas. And for those of you who are business guys out there, most of you are really creative when it comes to coming up with ideas and even directing people and all this kind of shit. Just have a think that what would fucking turn you on and what would turn her on, what would turn you on if she did or said. Just give her lines, feed her lines. It's like, what, what, what I do when I have sex with women, I tell them what to say. I'm like, tell me this, tell me that, tell me this, tell me that. And I will get you know, like, do this, 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 no, say it in this way, this tonality, do it this loud, and then this, then I want you to do, to look at me in this way, and I want you to sit like that, and move your shoulder like this, and tilt your head like that, and do, do, do. I tell them every single thing there is, so they don't have to think at all about how to do it. I give them every single nuance on how to do it. And this turns them the fuck on, because they want to be told, how can I please my man? How can I turn him on? So yeah, that's so spot on. Yeah. Like, and you keep telling us like, oh my God, you're making me so hard right now, honey. You're turning me on so much. I can't wait to get my hands on you and just have my way with you and just be done with you. Like that kind of stuff. And you know, that's like a little bit of dirt talking in there. But you can really play around with that stuff while telling her what to do and what to say. Yeah, it's, it's so important. And the thing is, it's like, Oh, but it sounds weird. Of course, anything sounds weird when you do it for the first time or if you're uncomfortable doing it. And make sure that you go in specific detail because the thing is, she, the thing is inherently she wants to please you. And the thing is, that's going to bring the passion back because what you're going to do is like you tell her what you like in specific detail. And then by doing that, she gets to go, oh, this is how I get to please my man. And the thing is, I get it. There's no two ways around this as well in the bedroom. You may be thinking, oh, how can I get around this? And how can I do it in a way that's actually not going to? The thing is, when you're bringing up this stuff about sexuality, you've just got to sit down with her, have a chat about it, and put it on the table. And by doing this, she's going to be like, holy shit, this is what he wants to do. And this is what I want to do in regards to the woman saying that. And then get to explore this. Play. Sex is fun. Sex is playful. I always talk about in the bedroom. Breath, sound, and movement, allowing yourself to express, to explore, to do things that you've always wanted to do and allow that full expression in the bedroom. And that happens by taking that time and really emoting yourself in the bedroom. And the thing is, this conversation never ends because what you do, the sex deepens over time more and more as you get to know each other's bodies and you find out exactly what each other likes. And by doing that, that's when you can get to the depth of their soul and going, ah, I understand you. I know what you like and vice versa. And then sex gets epic from there. In saying that, I want to I want to say a story about when I used to bring it back to the dominance thing because I know a lot of the guys like being assertive and being a bit rough in the bedroom as we were talking before. I used to do this. I used to set up dates where I would literally tell um, women to come over to my house, which we discussed beforehand, and they were so turned on by the idea. I'd set up my house as like a like a playground, like a kids' playground with like dunas, pillows, and bed bedding everywhere. And what we would do, we would set up a play date where all we would do is basically wrestle each other and try and pin each other down. It was so much fun, and you should see how much these women got into it and how turned on they got. Like. The thing is, I pretend to let them win sometimes. Well, probably some chicks would like pin me down because I'm really skinny, as Pierre would say. But hey, we'll go with I won every single one. But it was more like that. Rough hey, the girl at the Muay Thai gym, you would not invite her for a wrestle. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. the, the Muay Thai gym we go to, we have some chicks who are like really high, 
high level Muay Thai fighters, like they they kick you and you will be you with Andy's little chopsticks for legs, like they break. <laughs> oh yeah, if she's like, hey, I'm gonna come over for a wrestle, I'm like, um, I feel sick. <laughs> I have a headache tonight, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Not tonight. Yeah, exactly. All that shit. Yeah, if she came over, I'm like, oh hell no. But it was so hot. But the thing is. Actually, I did have a chick who was a kickboxer, but that's a fucking another story for another day. And yeah, I'll, I'll tell that another time. But this was like, it was like so much passion. It was like, we get to like literally be like animals. So we'd start on other sides of the room and try this out with your partner. Get all the bedding, put it all around the house with the bean bags and things like this. And you watch, you, and what you want to do is, this sounds might sound ridiculous, but pretend to be animals. Pretend to be like these like possessed things that you just can't, you don't know what to do. Like, you're just fucking let the animalistic side come out of you. Pierre's laughing at me on this one. But we started on two ends of the house and then we would just charge at each other and like try and rip each other apart. Sometimes we'd have our clothes on and sometimes we'd be naked, but we'd always end up naked because you see how turned on they get when they're getting pinned down and you're just holding them down. Now, we get a lot of guys actually who do BJJ. That's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And basically, it's like grappling with your partner and putting them in different chokeholds. I actually had a tip. The thing is, do this in a way if you've really got a really good connection with the person. And I actually went to a BJJ guy. Super quick caveat. If you have never done jujitsu, so you don't understand this, do not attempt a chokehold. Right? Definitely not. This is by people who are trained. I have personally been doing... Uh, MMA on and off for about 10 years, so I have a decent amount of BJJ experience. Um, and Andrew is friends with me, and I put him in chokeholds every day, so he understands what it's like. And, and he also has plenty of friends who are brown belts and black belts. So we understand it very thoroughly, right? So if, if you don't have BJJ experience, and even if you're just a white belt, I would actually really discourage the idea of even trying an actual chokehold. If you're blue belt and above, this is for you. If if not, if you're a regular guy, just wrestle around. Don't put a woman in a chokehold. Andrew was saying that as an example. I'm just saying this for liability issues. Don't try this at home! Thank you very much. No, I completely agree. So it's more of a wrestle, but that wrestling, let that out to play. And you're like kind of like grabbing each other, you're wrestling, you rough, ruffle and tumble. It's like a different energy in your body that you're allowing to come out. And the thing is, you always have the safe words. You can go, hey, like red, pineapple, whatever, banana split. I don't give a fuck. But don't try and use try and use big words for safe words. Just keep it simple. Use um, green, yellow, and red. But for that, it's such a, it turns you on because when you're with a partner, I heard back in the day with like dating, take your part, take it chick you're dating for like a physical activity because the endorphins, it starts to release in the body what you can do it's the same deal you watch the endorphins release as you're tackling each other and pinning each other down and then you're just like turning that down and then sometimes when you get on top and you pin her down and you look deep in her eyes and pierce her fucking soul as Pierre was talking about what happens is you just see her get so turned on because at the end of the day chances are you're going to be stronger than your woman and when you can pin her down and you can just see her try and struggle and get out you know like a beautiful way then she can see how much she gets turned on. And it's all done in play, it's all done in fun, and it's all done between two consenting adults where you get to enjoy this aspect of who you are. And I remember saying this at a seminar once, I told them that I took, I had um, wrestle dates with um, women. Some of the women, fuck, they, they were like, literally like trying to like, like take me out. I was like, it's like I gave them permission to allow out that like animalistic side of who they were. And I'm like, well, if I don't bring it, she's going to like take me out. So stepping up, it was such an enjoyable experience. But this is the one way to like really bring back that um, passion in the relationship. But with saying that, it is allowing the animal to come out is quite difficult because this is a part of like really raw, primitive passion. That's a fucking cool, like raw, primitive passion because... It allows, it allows you to like stop thinking about what is the perfect thing to do. And you start getting into this animalistic nature where you're like, holy shit, I get to allow myself to let go and be free, get out of my head, into my body, and have an experience with a woman that I've never had before, or, or I might have just dabbled in it, but it might have felt, felt a little bit uncomfortable. If you're so cerebral and you're stuck in your mind, you're thinking of the next best move, Doing this consistently over time 
will help you drastically to have these in-depth connections and then show you what the parts of yourself that you've always maybe that you've been neglecting potentially in the bedroom. So I truly I recommend it. Go wrestle with your partner, even if it's just like you got a few beanbags and a mat, you're just wrestling around with her and you just see how turned on you get. And don't be afraid to pin her down and just hold eye contact with her and look like, hey, I got you. I'm on top and you can't go nowhere. And just like have that fun and play. Because I guarantee if she's had brothers growing up, because I know my little sister, when <laughs> when she was growing up, I had my um, younger brother and myself and my younger sister. My God, did she get wrestled and get pushed around and stuff like that. She'd try and wrestle back. Like we'd be out in the back garden. I remember it was that like, cute. We'd be out in the back garden, like going on our, um, on our bikes and she'd be on the bikes following us. And like, she'd try and be one of the um, boys. I remember this story as well. When we're doing the, um, this is on a side tangent, me and my brother were doing, my mom was teaching us about, um, <laughs> she was teaching us about toilet training, like how to like stand up and, and pee like a man. Cause you're not a man. If you don't stand peeing, stand, stand if you don't, <laughs> If you don't stand up and you pee, you're not a real man. Some like dude said this. I was like, yeah, all right, cool, man. But I thought it was funny. But yeah, so my mom, my dad, I was my mom teaching uh, me and my brother how to um, pee standing up. And what we what she did, she put a she put a ping pong ball inside the toilet. So you actually piss at the ping pong ball. So you don't uh, so you don't go everywhere and piss all over the floor. So we aimed at that. And then I remember my sister saw us and she thought she was one of the boys. So basically she walked in there and she lifted up her she lifted up her top and she tried to piss out of her belly button. But <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's not working. She kind of like she's like, why isn't it working? You can tell on her face, but there's a photo of it. But that was just the thing. It's like if a chick's being brought up with brothers, chances are she's not afraid of a bit of rough and tumble. And I do call those women the unicorn in the regard to the women who actually a I love these women. The women, this is the unicorn for me. A woman who was brought up in the country or she was brought up in the city, but she can put, um, say, say a woman who was brought up in the country and then she can put on high heels and wear the fuck out of these high heels and be elegant. Or a chick who was brought up in the city and then she could go put on fucking boots and go rough and be rough and tough in the mud and be like, you know what? I can flip between both worlds. So she kind of has that rough kind of nature and she can be like, like, you know what? I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, but then also I can be this like little pretty princess if I need mm. to. Yeah, I love that. I agree 100%. You got to have the that playful, fun, a little tougher nature to you as well as the more elegant, sophisticated. There's not, nothing really attractive with being one-dimensional all the time. Oh, I have one, I have one more thing to say. And what a woman wants, tying back all into the dominance of what we said, unless she had something else to no, say. No, go ahead. Said, it was like, women want to know what you want at the core, and that's going to start igniting that passion in. And you know, if you don't know what you don't know, start exploring, start expressing, and start going, this is what I want to try. And start, I've always had this saying, don't go like, oh, I heard this once, I heard this from a mentor, and I've implemented it twice. Everyone's like, try it once, and if you, you've done it once, that's it. It's like, no. With sexuality, always try things about three times. Try things three times. Why is it the rule of three? Because the first time you might be like, oh, that was a little bit uncomfortable and weird. Second time might be better and the third time might be uh, amazing. So it's like, don't just like, say you're trying anal for the first time. Say you're trying uh, say you're trying this new fingering technique. Like try it multiple times to see how your body responds. Because like when you're younger, you might not like a certain food. Then when you're older, your taste buds become more acquired and then you might really enjoy that certain thing. So it's the same thing as well. Your body changes. If you maybe had kids, the way that you um, let's just be straight up, the way that your pussy gets um, restructured is a lot um, different. And also just on a side note, if you are a married, if you are a woman who's had kids, it's actually easier for you to squirt for the first time because of things that the way that things get a bit anatomically shaken up when you do have a child through the um, vaginal canals. In saying that, a woman does not want to hear you say, "Oh, hey, I don't know what I want. I'll think about it over the weekend, and I'll let you know." She wants you to go. This is what I fucking want. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to stick to my fucking word and make this shit happen. Because the thing is, she goes, holy fuck, this is the man who does what he wants. And that's where it ties a lot into masculinity, what Pierre talks about. Because if you're like, oh, I'll think about it, I'll do whatever, I'll let you know. I'm just like, 
like you're kind of whimsical, like or a woman will say, "Oh, what dress do I want? Do you want the red or black one? What what do you want me to wear, honey? A red or a fucking black one?" And you're like, oh, "I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll let you know. Uh, I'm just gonna do some work at the moment." She's gonna be like, "I don't trust this motherfucker." She wants you to go. This is what I want. This is what I need from you. And the thing is, she might drop this bullshit sometimes. Like, "Oh, you're just being." controlling like in the long term but she actually but you're not she actually really enjoys when you're not like um umming and ahhing and like going back on your word when you say something you stick to it and you follow through and then what you do if you really did like say something side tangent again to a fucking offender you can apologize and it is not weakness to say sorry and on another side tangent for a second we had this guy the other day he's like oh what about saying sorry to a woman and if you're listening to this bro Definitely, that it is completely okay to say sorry to a woman if you fucked up. But bringing it back to the point with what we discussed about... Just a super quick thing. If you actually lose a little bit of your masculine power, because this was a discussion with this guy, so if you're listening, this is for you. I actually forgot to say this on the call. If you would end up losing some of your masculine power, masculine polarity by saying I'm sorry or saying I love you or doing these kind of things... The only reflection of that is that your masculine power was not real, right? It was based off of a facade. If you if you actually ba- if your polarity in the relationship, to use a little bit of hippie talk, is actually coming from you putting on a show, then yes. S- saying I'm sorry and saying I love you and things like this might actually make you lo- like I'm just gonna be completely straight, it might actually make your lose a little bit of respect for you in a way because it's, it's, it was based off of being domineering. But if you're dominant, right, and it's understated and it's come from this gentle yet powerful way of being, then things like saying, I'm sorry, and truly apologizing, and I love you, and you, and like all this, like really showing affection and that you care and these kind of things actually won't make a difference. If anything, you can actually make it go up because you have the balls to be truly vulnerable. But if you're putting on this show where you're this cold dude who's like borderline sociopathic, then showing those emotions, now you're being someone else, like actually your real self, right? But that will actually make you lose power. Why? Because it's not consistent with your previous behavior, right? The, the key to remain to keeping her respect and trust at all times is by being consistent with who you are, right? And that's why it's so important to stay true to who you are at all times because if you're putting on a show, then you constantly need to worry about micromanaging your words. But if you're just consistent to you, you're just true to yourself, then the words actually really don't matter that much, right? So it's funny, the same guy was like, I don't think words matter at all, it's just emotions you say. And then at the same time, the guy is worried about saying the word I love you or the way the word I'm sorry. So the words actually do mean something, don't they? (laughs) The main thing is this, if you want a woman to love you truly and really want to follow you and feel comfortable with your leadership, you need to do this. You need to make decisions really, really quickly and be really, really certain of them. And then you stick to them. You got to stick to your word. And Andrew... Andrew always quotes, I don't remember the name of the guy, but it's like this. Uh, it's like, winners make decisions fast and change them slowly. That's what you got to do. If, if you want her to trust your leadership, when you're presented with an opportunity or, or a choice, right, the decision, we're sort of on the side of tangent, but super quick. You're presented with a choice. You're at some sort of a, a fucking crossroads. You have a couple of different choices of which, which path to go down, an opportunity to take or not to take. You go... In like a minute, you, you you quickly process all the different possibilities. You process the, the data that you have at hand. Then, boom, you make a decision and now you stick to it, right? Come hell or high water, you fucking stick to it, right? Make decisions fast, change them slowly. That's how winners operate. Losers make decisions slowly and change them quickly. I completely agree. And with that... That, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap. And for the ladies listening to this podcast, we ask you, share this with your husband, share this with your friends, or share this with a male that is in your life who may need some advice in regards to sexuality. We actually had a really good friend just recently share this with her really good friend, and he is like, he listened to a few podcasts, he's like, I have to come 
for the retreat. So he's on the application process. He's done the application process and he's currently on the waiting list. So you know who you are and can't wait to have you there. So I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast with Pierre and myself, unless Pierre has something else to add. No, the way you support this movement, right? This, this is a movement on the podcast. What I want you to do is embody what we talk to. You know, as always, take notes, whatever it is you can implement, both sexually in the bedroom to satisfy you more, give her more orgasms, all that kind of stuff, but also and how to be a better man, how to embody masculinity, understated dominance, this benevolent, benevolent kind of leadership that we talk to talk about. Just embody that shit. That's number one. Number two, whoever you know that needs this, basically whoever is a man, just share this podcast with them. And that's pretty much everything I have to say before we check out. Thank you again for listening. And that is all for myself. And yeah, I really appreciate all the support and love that is coming from you guys with everything that you are sending. And yes, please send us any questions or anything that you may have that you want us to do for podcasts in the future. And this is, as Pierre said, a movement and we are going to be sharing these messages. So the more that you can help us do that, that's what we would love from you. So thank you so much and we'll see you tomorrow.